Welcome to this week's episode of Run Your World. I'm April. And Quaya. And we have a, our guest back again. We have Kim. Hello. And today we're going to talk about all about careers and our kind of where we are in our lives. And I know we've talked a little bit about where I am. I'm a stay-at-home mom. I went to law school, did that, <laughs> had my son during law school, and did not pass the bar. And the problem with that situation is you're in this very awkward position where people don't trust your intentions when you're applying for a job. So if you apply for a paralegal position, they think, oh, you're only here until you pass the bar and you become a lawyer. Or if you apply for just any other position, they figure you're gonna be unhappy because you went to law school, so it doesn't really matter what we give you. As soon as you get a, find a way out, you're gonna take it. And I can't, I can't hate because you know if I get a job making fifteen dollars an hour and then I get a legal position somewhere else, I'm gonna take it. And if I have the opportunity to take the bar, I'm gonna take it. Um, but basically, when I graduated from law school. I had my full resume and it was beautiful. It was a beautiful resume, for, especially as someone of my age. And I got not one phone call. It was the first time I had put out a resume that be, ever that I did not get a phone call about at all for one full year. And I didn't know what I was doing wrong. And I ended, I was sending it, you know, it was career, early days of career builder and monster and those type of those websites and I wasn't getting anything and I was sending it to like Robert Half and all of these temp agencies and you know I only sent it at the time to like the major ones so after a year I was like well there's got to be something else somewhere else I'm not applying I'm not doing something right because I'm not getting any calls and my resume is strong so I started finding smaller uh, uh, temp agencies focused in law so I started sending them my resume and I got a call back like a couple days later and she said, what do you plan to do with your life? I said, what do you mean? She said, you have law school on here, but did you pass the bar? I said, no. She's like, are you planning on taking the bar? I said, I guess eventually. She's like, I guess eventually means you need to take that off. <laughs> I said, but I went to law school. You want me to take that off my resume? She's like, you're not gonna get a job in the legal field, especially if you have that on. And I thought she was joking. As soon as I took that off, she's like, take it off, resubmit it to me, because you have to sit, submit it through their system, resubmit it to me. The next week, I got calls. Then I resubmitted my resume all the other places. I got like 30 calls in the next three weeks. Wow. It was just ridiculous amount <laughs> of calls. So. It, it threw me into this weird place because, you know, it's a year after law school. I need to make money. So in that time, it wasn't that I wasn't working. I ended up uh, tutoring for Kaplan. So uh, that was when they had the, someone was telling me about like their summer, their after school programs where their tutorings are coming in. Anyway, so I was tutoring for Ka Kaplan elementary students and I wasn't happy. So I, once I figured this out, I got a job and I started with a legal secretary position and then realized very quickly, I am not a legal secretary. I may be a paralegal, <laughs> but I'm not a legal secretary. And the firm, for me, it sucked. It was like a patent law firm and the guy, the lawyer had this really thick accent. 
and I was taking over for a woman who had been with him for like 15 years and now she's pregnant and she's going out basically forever. She was going to take her maternity leave and not come back. And she was very open about that. She's like, I might come back in temp, but you know, I'm pretty much out. So, but she had a big problem letting go of the reins of letting me know what I'm supposed to be doing and how I'm supposed to be doing it. And she's supposed to be training me. And she's like, I'm putting together a training model, uh, manual. Do you have that manual? No, I'm not done with it yet. And stuff like that. So there, and then there were like a lot of weird, to me, very stupid things that they cared about, which, you know, for some people might say they're attention to detail issues. And, but the way the system operated when you mail merged, it would highlight the fields and you had to go in and unhighlight them. So it'd have the case number in the corner highlighted and the name not highlighted, but the case number highlighted. And he get mad at me. He's like, well, why did you unhighlight the field? I'm like, who cares? <laughs> who is, who are these people who care whether this field is a little gray around it? And he's like, well, my client, I'm like, your clients are, believe me, when I get an envelope from my law firm, I'm not looking at the, 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 highlight. the highlighted number, the go, great, well, why is this part highlighted? right. So, you know, he's, he was tripping and then we had a couple more things and you know, I, it was the only job I, I got let go from, but it was okay. Cause I hated it. So I was like, this makes it an easy out. Um, but then I got a job as a paralegal and then thankfully I fell into a position that is for lawyers, but they were willing to accept me because I had graduated law school called a conflicts. Uh, manager. So what I do is I check the conflicts of interest of current clients against the ones that are coming in. So I make sure there's no conflicts so we don't have any issues in the future. But that was, that's a rare position. Most firms out of all the firms, if they have someone at all, only have one, maybe three positions. And once you're in that position, you're kind of there because it's a nine to five. It pays well. And I won't say you don't have to think but it's definitely not mind intensive where you're like getting in the trenches. There's no late hours. Like I got to, you know, figure out this problem. It's most of the, most of the issues are very cut and dry. So, you know, once you get in that position and especially if you have a family life, you're good. So for me, it was, it was working for me until I had my daughter, but now I, we moved to Florida. And, you know, I'm trying to figure out what I'm trying to do. And it's a lot harder when it oddly having a husband who's very supportive in what you do makes it very hard for you to make a decision on what you want to do, because he basically has told me do what you love, but I'm like a Jill of all trades. So I don't really have like one passion. I like a lot of different things. So I've had my hands in a lot of different things and have yet to land on something. But I think the literacy, early literacy, which I talked about last episode and the tutoring camp, I think will really bear fruit in our future. But I mean, it's taken me three years to just get here enough to feel confident to walk in that direction. It's always been like, walk this way, stop, walk that way, stop. Like, do I really wanna dive into this for the rest of my life? So, um, but what I've always had is normally until now, I've always had kind of multiple jobs, like actual jobs that bring me in income. And for a while I was a beach body rep. And the problem was, uh, something that Quay and I was talk were talking about before is 
they kind of wanted you to always be in their face. Like you have to talk about it all the time. You have to beg people for it because the idea behind sales is the first time you see something isn't the time the person buys. And so you have to keep putting in the, your, their face. And they said, normally it's after the 12th time someone's seen something yeah. is when they'll buy something. Now, if the 12th time they see something, it's being posted by somebody else, then they get the sale. <laughs> so they're like, you got to keep doing it. And I like fitness and I like the idea of being fit, but I don't have a passion for bombarding my friends about how you know looking good and the next sale and i'm not a shopper either so talking about the sales we're like whatever so anyway um this is just my segue into talking a little bit more about quaya and her other stream of income yeah so i'm a financial analyst that's my full-time job i went to school um to the University of Hartford in Connecticut and I got a degree in economics and finance and um, because I don't want to say I love money because some people take that the wrong way but I'm very good with money and I like making my money work for me and I like helping other people make their money work for them um, and not vice versa because it can it can be the opposite way yeah. which I'm sure a lot of people in this economic climate knows um, but I also always knew that it was very important to have multiple streams of income because when you work for big corporations, especially, you're not really a person, you're a number. And I went into it knowing that. So I know I do a very good job. Like I mentioned on a previous podcast that I got employee of the month. At the end of the day, if the company is not doing well, no matter what company you work for, the first thing they're going to do is, is cut overhead. And, you know, they cut heads. And sometimes you can just be a victim of circumstances, not that you're not doing a good job. So because of that, I always said that I'm going to make sure I have another stream of income coming in because I know I can't go run home to mommy and daddy to take care of me. Um, so that's what I do. And it's been great for me. Like I said, it's not something that I do full time. It's something that's very, very helpful to people. And I've learned a lot about myself in doing this and doing the side business as well. Um, just from interacting with people, finding out where their interests are and their path, and it kind of makes you think about your path and what you really want to do. So what April was saying uh, earlier about, you know, she loves to do so many different things, I'm the same way. But that's what I love about the society we live in today. You can do so many different things. You have more, because we have more resources. It's not like, you know, in the 60s and 70s where, you had to have a job to support your family. Like, you know, you need to work that overtime. It's like you can be more flexible. We Everybody has a smartphone. So you can you can have an online business and, and, you know, on your lunch break, do something, make a couple of sales or whatever the case is, and you're still at work. Um, so, yeah, I definitely think it's important no matter what you do, even if you're passionate about makeup. I have a cousin who's passionate about makeup, and she went to makeup school, cosmetology. <laughs> <laughs> she went to you know get her cosmetology certificate and now she's <laughs> she's doing great things in new york putting on showcases and things like that and really building her brand and i just think that's what's important you can work you know work for a corporation do whatever you have to do but you want to build your brand and make sure at the end of the day you're doing what makes you happy and ultimately i think a lot of people say sometimes, you know, money don't make you happy. I think if you're doing what makes you happy, eventually the money will come. And I agree with that. Like I was listening to a podcast earlier 
and it was an interview with Hugh Hewitt, and I won't get into who he is because he's someone who did a lot of things at a very early age, um, way more than I could say. His first, he wrote a memoir for Richard Nixon at the age of 22 or something like that. So, yeah, very accomplished man. Um, but one of the things, oh, shoot, now I lost my train of thought talking about him. <laughs> what he was saying, oh, he said that, you know, there, we make these broad sweeping generalizations about the millennials and what they do and don't do and what other generations do and don't do. And he said he feels that the new, the millennials, the ones who are now 20 to 30 are some of the hardest working people he knows because they go to work all day and then they go home and try to do a side business of some sort. They're either working a website or working on an app or doing a, a met, uh, network marketing company. They're doing something to generate additional income so they can save for their future. So I think there are tons of opportunities out there. What about you? Do you have any? Let's talk about stories. Does anyone have any stories? I really want to hear Kim's story because just before this, we were talking about uh, a lot of the different things you've done in your life so far. So I think the listeners would definitely want to hear her story. Um, well, first and foremost, the thing that I've learned from uh, my life is that um, it's not necessarily what makes me happy, but it's who I am. It's what I'm, it's not even, it's what I'm good at. Um, and I found at this stage of my life that I'm a servant. I'm always in service. Um, and so I started out, I went to, um, and I was going to talk to you about this offline, but I'm from Connecticut. And I can kind of hear some New York in your voice back there. <laughs> My people are from the Bronx. So, um, <clears throat> uh, you know, I, I grew up affluently. So my my desires were my mother's desires. So I went to University of Pittsburgh uh, to go into the medical field because that, that's what she wanted me to do because that's what she did. She got her master's um, in nursing. And so she wasn't going to finance anything else. So I did. And I nursed for 10 years and I, I loved it so much to the point so that I overworked my mind and my body and I ended up really hurting myself and I had to take a break. Well, when I took a break, I crashed because I found out that I was bringing all of this stuff home with me. Yeah. Um, and so then, uh, you know, I was like, well, I gotta do something because like you say, I'm not going back home. So, I ended up getting a job at Yale University where I started cooking. And so I did that for 10 years. Um, and they tried my hand running a couple different departments. Um, you know, I, I was in charge of the chemistry building when we did maintenance and custodial and I didn't like that too much. Um, and then um, I ended, I had my first opportunity of teaching some kindergarten kids. And I was like, no, you gotta be a special kind of person <laughs> working with these little people for eight hours a day. And uh, then we moved to Florida and I did the stuff that I knew that I was, I did well. Um, and I'm finding that now I'm back to the kids again. And, and even at my church, my I'm on staff and I'm taking care of the kids. And when I volunteer, I'm, I'm taking care, care of the kids. kids. Yeah. And so now I have the tutor camp and I'm taking care of the kids. Um, and so I find that, um, you know, my calling has something to do 
with the enrichment of of the newest generations um which was i don't think is my choice but it's a gifting it's 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 calling me um and i'm kind of i'm i'm drawn to it but um i just know that like you say there are i'm finding now there are so many veins and venues that you could branch off into into almost anything and it's it's never ending like you really don't have an excuse there really is an excuse except maybe you may be overwhelmed by the plethora of opportunities you could say that but other than saying you know um I can't do this or they don't have nothing for me or what I'm gonna do you know I don't have a field that I you could create anything you want we we live in a great time where you can do any literally i mean people i think there was an app for farting are you serious there's an app for farting like you record the i don't know if you record farts or you listen to farts but people download this and then someone gets paid someone gets paid for that someone gets paid someone gets a paycheck for that, and please, I hope our listeners are not ones that are going to run out to the app store to go download that app. But you know, you might be. Um, hey, if you're looking for another stream of income, <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to create the next one. You don't, you don't download the, Do that the app. <laughs> but for real, like there really is a venue for everything. And yes. the older I get, even though I, I will say I'm blessed. I am lucky because a lot of people look at like the fact that I'm a stay at home mom, I could never do that. I, you know, my husband or I'm not married or whatever. There's a lot of sacrifices I've made to become a stay at home mother. I do not live the life I used to live when I was working. It's definitely not as financially successful as when I was working. And so when I, I sit here and I hear people complain about their circumstances, I'm like, there are things out there. You just have to look. And I think pastor talked about it. No, did pastor talk about that this week? Yes. Don't change your circumstances or don't pray to change your circumstances. Pray to change yourself in your circumstances. Mm -hmm. Because for real, like I was, I was just depressed when I kind of, when I first became a stay at home mother, because I had my daughter and she was a handful. She didn't like to sleep at all. Did and she was not, us? Oh, <laughs> she is, but she sleeps now. <laughs> I get sleep. She does sleep. She, I get true. sleep. Yes. I get sleep now. Um, but basically from zero to one, I couldn't get her to sleep more than 20 minutes unless she was on my chest. Wow. 24 hours a day. She would not like anyone else. We got one family member to take her. And that took months of her like basically sitting next to me on the couch while I was holding my daughter for her to finally go with her and allow someone else to babysit her. She would not go with anyone and she would scream the entire time. And let, the only caveat was unless you walked outside and walked around. So you could not be seated in the house and play with my daughter. She was not one that you just say, oh, okay, we're going to chill. No, <laughs> you can pick me up and take me outside and walk around no, the block. We not going to chill. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to chill. I'm going to enjoy this little walk. So it was depressing because, you know, when we made the decision for me to become a stay-at-home mom, not to say I thought it was going to be glorious, but my son was basically like a, a, a tame cat. Like, he would just lay there. Like, you, you put him on the floor, and until he's hungry, he's not saying nothing. Or until, well, not even anything else. Because <laughs> if he was tired, he'd just go to sleep. 
And if he needed a diaper change, he just ignored it. So the only time he ever cried was when he was hungry. All the time. He was sleeping through the night by about two months. And I, she was just, it's completely night and day. So it's very hard to get in the frame of mind of now I got to do something too. And the, the doing something wasn't for my job. I mean, for my husband, obviously my husband's fine, but it was for me. Like I can't stand, sit there and just stare at the house all day and clean all day and do these things for the kids all day. I needed that break to be able to just feel accomplished. Cause one of the things about being a mom in general is you never get praise for the things you do that require that are required for you to do all day long, every day mm -hmm. you clean, you pick up after people. You, I was just telling, talking to Kim before we came, I told my son to take a shower and put on a certain, uh, type of wardrobe for, uh, an event tonight. This is his event. This is not an event for me. He's at praise and worship Academy and he was supposed to wear Navy blue from head to toe. And <laughs> I told him to get dressed, but then I got sidetracked trying to pack up everything and get it, everything in the car. When I pulled up to church, I said, you're not wearing navy blue. Not only are you not wearing navy blue, not even a lick, like not even a piece on his shirt, not <laughs> pants. Not, he was supposed to bring a navy blue bandana, nothing. And he looks at me and goes, why? Why am I supposed to be wearing? I said, this is your thing. This is not my thing. I, but now I am responsible for that. So it's just a lot all the time and I'm not complaining about it, but it's just some, a lot all the time. That's all. And you know what? And I kind of would, um, love, like I've always said that I wanted to be the stay at home mom. I always wanted to, um, you know, spend that time with my kids. And so now that I have that opportunity, I have discovered that although I love my children, um, I don't want to do 24 hours. Like you have to go to school. Like, you know, I have associates here at church that say, Oh, we homeschool. No, no. They got to get on the bus. Y'all have to go, you know, but I mean, I, I, I do understand that not even a self fulfillment, but even in all that I do, um, because my girls are well taken care of. They're beautiful. They're smart. They're full. They haven't missed a meal ever. I may have missed a meal or two. But they, you know, like, right. they have all the things that they need to survive in this world, and yet I feel unaccomplished. Yes. I feel like um, I'm not contributing. I, I just, I don't, not necessarily to the house, um, and I, I can't really, uh, yeah. you know, give you words for it, but. Well, that's what I, that's how I feel. It's like, you feel like you need to do something that makes a difference to yes. somebody. So I think that's where I've I've realized over the last couple of weeks, even though we haven't chatted, that I have deemed myself like a professional volunteer because I just started yes. volunteering everywhere because volunteering makes me feel good. Mm -hmm. Like doing things for others, like having my book drive, you mm -hmm. know, getting books for other people, working with the tutoring camp, working with NCBW, working with the Women's Foundation. It just makes me feel good to just say, you know what, I'm not doing this for me, I'm doing this for you. And I'm going to be there for two hours, whatever you need me to do, I'm here for it. And that's mm -hmm. it. And as many people who sign on to nonprofits to be able to say that they're part of the nonprofit, 
I do the work. Like, I like doing the work. And there are many people in a couple of organizations I'm in that I've never seen and I've never met. <laughs> they pay their annual dues and then you don't and see that's them. It. That's it. So, I how did we get on this topic? I don't even know. <laughs> do you have anything to add? <laughs> I'm just saying because we were talking about careers and career goals. So, um, just you can... I think basically is you you can write your own story and you can constantly like your story is constantly being written every day you do something you don't always have to have it figured out I mean you know it's amazing hearing these two women talk about that because I'm like well I think they I think they got it going on you know but everyone's journey like I mentioned in the previous podcast is different so I think we all just need to continue to write out write our story and figure out how we want it to end and each chapter is going to be different some are going to be great some are going to be eh. but ultimately you just have to be happy with your life and if you want to be a nurse and then be a cook and you know just live your life your way and then they're change they're changeable Exactly. They'll change. I mean, there's no wrong answer, just like there's no right answer. And if you try something and find that it's not for you, like we said, this world has plenty of options available to try something else, try something new, especially when you are young and energetic and you can travel and run all day and all night from place to place. Um, you know, but I mean, Who might she be talking about? I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just pulling this out of the sky. But, I mean, you know, it's just that there's no, and every, I'm saying, you know, you say write your own, you're writing your own book, and everybody likes uh, different criteria when they're reading a book. Not everybody likes murder mysteries. Not every, So there's no right or wrong to your story. Right. Just write the story, like yeah. whatever it is. And that's really what it comes down to, because what I'm doing for the story, and I think I invited Kim, did you get mm -hmm. my invite? Um, I just started a Facebook group and it's just a challenge to write every week. That is the only goal. Like put 2000 words on a piece of paper every single week. And by the end of the challenge, we will have, oh wait, is it 2000? I think it's 2000. It is. It's yeah. Yeah. We'll have 60,000 words is the goal at the end of, of the challenge. So whether that'll be a novel or not, it, it may not be. But what I do know is it'll be 60,000 more words than we had on the page than today. And by the time we get to 60,000 words, we should know where the story is going. We should have a better idea of how to how to end the story if we haven't ended it or if we need to beef up the middle or at, change the beginning to make it the story that we want it to be. But if you don't start writing, you don't put the pen to paper, no there is no story. And you can't change a story if it's never written. I'm even doing that with the, the kids at the tutoring. We I talked that over with my mom the other. I said, you know what? We need to start journaling. Mm -hmm. They need to spend 15 minutes, sometime, some point during the day, whatever they choose, but they just need to start journaling. Um, just to, to, like you say, get in the process and the, the habit of putting it on paper, putting your thoughts on paper, rereading it, see where you were a month ago, mm -hmm. What would you like to change? Did you not like that? Okay, so then I see where I need to. I mean, but just getting started is, and it's really easier than we initially make it seem. Right. Yeah. Well, because it sounds overwhelming when you hear about, you know, 
uh, Mark Zuckerberg uh, Facebook, you're like, oh my gosh, he has this huge network and he's worth billions. And it's like, but it was an idea. It started with an idea that he, and a problem that he wanted to solve. They wanted, he wanted a, uh, of an account, a website where his classmates could talk to each other online. That was what it started as. It was supposed to be in school. It was not supposed to be nationwide or anything. Started in school. It got really popular and then started spreading. So if you just love the concept, really that's where it starts. Loving the concept. You don't even have to love the final product because maybe as you do it, you're like, oh, I don't like this anymore. But if you love the concept and just start diving into it, then by the time you get to the actual product, you'll decide you'll be able to decide whether you like it or not because even if i finish this novel and i end up hating it i can say i finished a novel right right R regardless of if i like it but you never know i might be able to send it and to an editor always somebody i mean just like they say there's a person for everybody i mean there's a story for everybody just because you don't like it doesn't mean that there isn't Everyone somebody that can relate it. to it right. and we also have to stop comparing ourselves to other people and I know I do that, and it, and it's hard not to when you live in a world of social media. You see things on TV, you see things on Facebook, you see things on Instagram, and sometimes I start questioning, and, and I feel like I, I do pretty well for mm -hmm. myself, but then I see other people my age, I'm like, what the heck? How the heck she get to go to Dubai? Yeah. And I do my job. And what kind of, you my know? My job is better than her job. Right. And, and then, then you, start, yeah. you start comparing, and we have to stop doing that because really we're killing ourselves. Like, everybody's different. You just have to do you. And, and like I said earlier, live your life your way. And, and that's it. Because you know what? Everybody that posts on Facebook and Instagram, their lives is not, they're not fulfilled, you know? But and the, they're the looking. People, well, it's not that it's the, it's not that it's not the truth. It's only the best things. Right. They're right. not posting about the time, you know, their kid came home and, you know, their kid just failed, failed the, the class and, you know, they got to deal with it or their kids got suspended from school. Now, you know, I just literally dealt with that night before last. I was talking to a girlfriend and, you know, I was like, well, look at her and we're, you know, she's doing this and doing that. And she was like, yeah, but you don't know what it took for her to get there. She says, you, you know, we talked about this once before about, oh, girl, you know, I wish I could preach like that. And she was like, but you don't know her circumstances to give her a story to tell. You know, and the same thing with, you know, I'm looking at the Joneses. Well, I don't know what it took for the Joneses to get to where they are and what they're using it to cover up or to, um, you know, self-medicate or, you know, there's always stuff that nobody knows but the people in house. And so I have to learn also to stop doing that. Yeah, I had to stop as a blogger. I had to stop doing that a while ago because first of all, the blogging stats are crazy and, you know, some months I'll get a good amount and some months I'll get like three times the amount and so you start comparing yourself you're like what is she writing that brings so many people to her page and what am I doing that then in the midst of that you start I started looking at the Facebook post and I'm like all these people are having so much they're going to Disneyland all these people I know complain about not having any money they're spending five six hundred dollars on Disneyland I said no I don't have any money we can't afford to go to Disneyland no. I don't care or park there. or <laughs> <laughs> she goes to park in Disney <laughs> or park there you know and you know they're like well we got the season passes the annual passes I said that doesn't make it cheaper it just means you pay for it for a longer amount of time all year, you, all year long and um 
I just, I literally rarely use Facebook for, to look at things like that anymore. I just can't because it it starts to get depressing because you're like, all these people are having so much fun and I'm sitting in my house today and the highlight of my day might be going to the park. And not to say I mind taking my kids to the park, but that might just be it. <laughs> and that might be the highlight of the week. So, you know, I, I, that when you guys said that, I was like, I don't think I've checked it. Every once in a while, I'll scroll through it for a little bit, but I've never, I have not, I don't get sucked into the Facebook madness of showing people pictures and I sh I'll post pictures every once in a while to update people that don't live locally on what's going on with me and my family. But it's just, you don't know what it took to get them there and you don't know, even know if they're happy doing it. Right. They may be there and they may hate every moment of it. And a lot of people spend their time on Facebook looking for my business. Oh, you know yes. what I'm saying? Like there, that's the whole, I mean, I, I went on an electronic fast about eight months ago and fa you know, of course, Facebook was one of the things that I, it's an electronics. It was on the computer. So, and it was so easy to not go back. It was really hard to pull away. But it was so easy not to go back. And I found that I was just in, in the mix. I was looking at, you know, what? She doing what? He doing what? What you mean? She asked me what? You know, this, waste of time. And then even the even the positive, the negative, not the negative things, but the, I have someone who is a Facebook friend and she posts like all the depressing stories <laughs> of kids. And I'm like, stop posting these things. Yes. Like, Sadly, I and I, I don't want to be mean, but this is one case. You realize there's over 300 million people in this world. Even if you pay, post all day, every day, you're still getting less than 1% of what's going on in the average person's life. And so she keeps posting things and says and responds with or makes a comment like, well, don't let your child do this and don't yeah. let your child do What would you do? And I'm like, I, I can't think about this. This is... <laughs> I unfriend un people daily. It's actually time for me to do a cleanup. Oh, yeah. People, I, I, you, I can't uh. because if I'm scrolling down, I mean, my boyfriend's always like, well, don't look. And I'm like, no, some people are just ignorant. And yeah. I don't want to be friends with ignorant people. Well, I've unfriended. I've, I had to learn a hard lesson with unfriending people on Facebook. But I have blocked them or muted them. Blocked their feed. Yeah. Blocked their feed. Um, her specifically, I can't because there's another relationship that, I have to be attached to her for, but if it wasn't for that, believe me, I would, it would be cut real quick, but I know I skip over a lot of her posts and a lot of them, if it's not posted in a private group that we're a part of, um, I say, hide, hide, hide this post, hide posts like this. Like, I don't want to see this. Like I'm in a positive place in my life. I don't want to see about all the kids getting kidnapped and don't get me wrong. I don't think kids are, are 100% safe, but I don't need that to take up my thoughts right now. Right. Like I'm here on Facebook and trying to enjoy myself. <laughs> so and then the title of the post is, do you know where your kids are? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They in the room. <laughs> Good night. Yeah. <laughs> so I think we're going to call it a day and wrap up right now. So, um, I just want to remind you to subscribe on iTunes and rate us. I forgot to say rate us because if you rate us, we come up higher in the rankings. I would love it if you give us five stars, if you really love us and show us you care. It doesn't cost you anything to give us five stars, but it would mean the world to us. 
Also, if you want to follow me personally, April, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or Pinterest, I you can find me at the April Noel N O E L L E, and have a great evening or day whenever you listen to this. Bye. Have a good day.